Dave Gans, Senior Fellow for Industry Affairs the Medical Group Management Association. I have the opportunity today to talk with Robert K. Smolt, or Bob Smolt. He is the chief, was the Chief Administrative Officer at the Mayo Clinic for many years before his retirement, and now is the Associate Director for Healthcare Delivery and Policy Program at Arizona State University. Bob, we'll start with, why don't you talk a few, just a few seconds, what was your Mayo Clinic experience? And you were there 25 years? A long time, I know. <laughs> I, was, I was actually there 37 years, so you, do you have six hours, Dave, and we'll go over this. No, okay. I started out, it was in administration. I, I did the gamut. I was an, a departmental administrator for primary care, for orthopedic surgery, so got in on both of those sides. Uh, then I got into strategic planning and was head of strategic planning for Mayo Clinic, and then went on the internal board of governors, and then ended up uh, at the end of my time as the chief administrative officer. So a variety of experiences yeah. there. And I know your years at, as chief administrative officer, your partner in at the Mayo Clinic was Dr. Dennis Cortese, CEO. Yes. yes. And both of you are re now retired from yes. the Mayo Clinic, and you're at Arizona State University at yes. the uh, healthcare delivery and policy program. Dennis is the director, and you're yes. the associate director. Yes. So we so had <laughs> we had so much fun working together there at Mayo. We decided we'd keep doing it, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> and anyway, we have a we had actually not my whole career. I didn't know Denny, but before we had gone on the board, we had worked on some things, and we worked well together. And and so when we were both going to retire, we didn't want to completely retire. We we're looking for doing something part time, and so this Arizona State program was just great. Great. Well, tell us a little bit, what's the Arizona State program? What, what is it doing? And then we'll lead into some of, at least one of your current projects, which is looking internationally at healthcare systems and what can the United States learn from the experience of other countries? But tell me yeah. about ASU. Our ASU program, it's a small program. It's uh, Dr. Cortez and myself. We have an associate, uh, Dr. Natalie Landman, who worked at McKinsey before, has had great con uh, consulting experience there. And she's actually a PhD in neurosciences, worked with healthcare clients at McKinsey. And then Philip Barr, who helps us. And then we always have a string of medical students, primarily medical students, but some other students that come through and help us on projects. One of, so one of the things we've, we said when we started this program, our background is with providers and the delivery of medical care. That's always been our strength, and we view things, we very open, we view things from that bias, if yeah. you will, what's it going to do to the delivery. So we try and keep in touch with, with the providers. Every year, we invite in a small number, 10 to 12 medical centers that we have heard are doing very good things, and we just share what they're doing so we can keep up to date on who's doing good work and what are they doing. It's a different group of medical centers every year. We've done that. We started incorporating on this international side some uh, international medical centers as well. And then we, because of just our contacts, we have worked with medical centers in the UK, in, in the Netherlands, in Singapore, in Japan, and a little bit in Switzerland and Australia. Again, we're trying to learn the good things from wherever they are. And Dave, if I can, I bring back my Mayo heritage yeah. here. Having grown up in Mayo, it's such a natural thing to do that because the Mayo brothers, I mean, they were in the early 1900s is when they were there. They went all over the world. They'd hear somebody was doing something good, and they couldn't fly there. They had to take boats. They would go, and whatever they learned that was good, they brought it back, and they did it if they thought it was going to be good. 
So we're trying to keep up that old male posture that we can, we should learn from others. We're not perfect, so we can always improve. So we're, we're trying to incorporate that. Yeah. Well, let's look at the, at the big picture. Yes. Uh, Health care in the world. Yes. <laughs> that you know, is a very big <laughs> it's picture. It's a very big picture. Who is doing it best? Who's doing it worst, and how can you tell? Well, this is a this is a yeah, very good question. The and, and you know you actually know my bias of this is that there isn't one best one that all of these systems have some very good things about them and some of them that aren't so good. The U.S. actually has some some very good things that are that are done, and the U.S. is so big that it's it's very variable. We have places that have the best patient outcomes in the world and probably fairly reasonable costs, uh, and we have some that are the worst. But other the countries, all of these countries we work in, have certain things that we think are good. You take the Netherlands. One of the things we think is that countries should have universal coverage, and. In the U.S., we've tried to do that with private providers, private insurance, and most recently with an individual mandate. Well, guess what? That's what the Netherlands does. They have private insurers, private providers, and an individual mandate, but and everybody's insured there. We didn't even get close, but they were a lot smarter than us, in my view, in that they have a huge penalty. It's more than the annual cost of insurance if you don't have insurance. So they got everybody insured. Yeah. And so, they, they do one other thing. Yes. They take the money out of your paycheck. Yes, they do. that's right. <laughs> you, that's true. You, never, you don't pay for health insurance. Yeah. It's, taken, it's out taken out of your yes. paycheck by the government. Yes. Or, by, or from your employer or yes. both. Yes. Directly. Yes. So, so you, there's other. There, see, we, <laughs> see, we can learn these things from other, from other systems and apply them. Yeah, the UK, completely different system. It's really good that they have everybody insured, though, and it happens pretty much automatically because it's a government program. Now they have uh, have come into some problems with some of their patient outcomes that they're going to have to work on and are working on. But one thing they have that I think we should do more of. It's a program called Nice National Institute for Clinical Excellence, I believe. But they look at new modalities and they try to see. What are the years of quality-adjusted life gained from a new modality, and how expensive is it? And so you can look at the cost per year of, of good li- living mm-hmm. achieved. And so it helps them figure out what should be covered and what shouldn't. And I know this is very controversial in the United States, but as I've asked some people, wouldn't you like to know, though, if this thing really does work or doesn't work? Mm-hmm. And that's part of what they do. And I think I personally think we should do more of that with new modalities. The thing that Singapore does that is uh, very good is they ha- they have mandatory savings, and they then they put in place in uh, individual health savings accounts. And again, you don't have an option of establishing one or not. It's deducted, mm-hmm. parting from your employer, something certain amount from you in the, in these savings accounts, and you play a big chunk of your your health care from that. Interestingly, the World Bank was so taken with this idea that they said having individual health savings accounts could be implemented in every health system in the country, in the world, regardless if you're government-owned, you take part of your taxes, put that in an individual health savings account, because it teaches individual responsibility. You're responsible for your own actions. So I think there are things that we can learn from all sorts of countries. We just have to keep an open mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, also, you, we need sometimes we need metrics. How do you measure it? Yes. And earlier we had a discussion on value. Yes. And if you're going to look at the U.S. healthcare system, yes. you know, they're one of the big questions. We know we cost a lot. Yes. And we know we have some of the best healthcare delivery 
in the in the world. Yes, we lead the world in research. We lead the world yes. in development of of new new procedures, new drugs. The problem is, are we getting our money's worth? Yes, exactly. So how can how can you do this? <laughs> <laughs> you, know, yeah, you know, my my uh, thought on this is that the way to a, a, approach this is to look at the expensive segment of our society. Twenty percent of the population is 80% of the cost. And I think 10% is like 60% of the cost. Yeah. So let's go to the medical conditions that are the most expensive, and then say these are the ones we're going to address to pay for value and evaluate how this uh, is being done. And then I, what I would recommend doing is going to the physicians that take care of that medical condition. Say two years from now, you're going to me- we're going to measure everybody in this, and we're going to measure you on your cost. I want you to tell me how would what patient outcomes would you measure for this condition, and how would you risk adjust them? So you let the people who are doing the work come up with the answers. Then you you spend that two years, you figure out who's getting by medical center, who's getting good outcomes, what's the cost, and you end up paying at the efficient quadrant of that. The, the, the quarter of the medical centers, they get the best outcomes while having the, use, having the lowest cost. And that's going to be, and you know what it ends up being, it's the medical centers who get it right the first time. Yeah. They don't have to, because you're going to measure cost from the time of going in the hospital to six months or a year later. Right. So the ones that do it right the first time don't have all those complications to pay for. Yeah. You don't have hospitalization. Yes, you know the the oftentimes the drug use is much less because yes. you're using the right drug the yes. first time, yes. not the wrong drug yes. first and the right drug second. Exactly, and you get exactly you get defined outcome like you yes. asked for. Yes, yeah. So I I think that's the way the way to start. So okay. I, now that's on a more global scale. Yes. Okay. Let's let's just take a large practice. Yes. All right. What could what how would a large practice do what could they do to identify their best docs and the best product and the best outcomes? Can you can you microsize this idea? Oh, absolutely. At, at Mayo Clinic, the departments did that. I worked with orthopedic surgery. They <laughs> the orthopedic surgeons got reports on the outcomes uh, for specific conditions by physician and it looked at the, it, it, it's a bar chart. So each bar is a physician, and then it shows their outcomes, and then it shows the cost per patient, and it's color-coded, so you can see how much was for days in the hospital, how much was for uh, medications, how much was for this. And if you're an outlier, you can see why were you an outlier. I mean, your costs were higher, but here's why. Maybe you kept your patients in the hospital twice as long as all your colleagues. But at any rate, I think it, uh, departments can do any any department can do yeah. that that wants to. Yeah, you don't you, you and, don't need and, a large and, sample. No, <laughs> and, and you know the other interesting thing, um, it doesn't have to be a big medical center. My daughter is a primary care physician's assistant. She got her training at the University of Iowa, which is a very good program. And in her clinical rotations, she did one with a rural family practice office. It's a fairly small town in Iowa. Had, they had two physicians, and they always had these, these people going through, these students, PA students going through. What did they do every month? They took a condition and looked at how they were doing. Two, a two-family physician office. But they weren't accepting that they necessarily were getting it done right, and they... <laughs> what, what are our outcomes? And yeah. then they have a discussion. How can we improve? Yeah. 
Yeah, it, it's so it can be done, but it takes some personal initiative to do it. It takes initiative and it takes willpower. Yes, yeah. it does. And you have to focus on what's right. Yes. Not on the day to day. Yeah, you know that's a very good point, Dave. I couldn't agree yeah. more. You got to you got to focus on what's what's right. Okay. Exactly. Uh, let's look broadly again. Okay. Yep. Uh, if you were to take your experience of looking at multiple countries, yes. What would be two or three elements that you would bring back? to the new United States healthcare system that you would now be redesigning? Yes. <laughs> what would, I, what okay. would you want to see? <laughs> I, I think, well, I'm, I'm also influenced here by a professor. I, when I first went to Mayo, I, I was thinking of getting a Ph.D. in health administration, so I took some courses at the University of Chicago, and the head of the program there was an interesting fellow, Dr. Odin Anderson. He was a sociologist but he was in health administration, head of the University of Chicago. He's from Sweden. He had written a book, and I got to know him pretty well. He had written a book. It was about the United States, the United Kingdom, and Sweden. And he con his conclusion was, because you know, he's a sociologist, yeah. your health system is probably going to reflect the kind of the social values. And one of the ones he said for the United States, that he didn't think that a single-payer sort of system would work here. People in the United States love their individual freedom, and they want choice. So at any rate, I think he is the first person, Dave, that ever recommended that we should have universal health care in the United States, but we should do it through the Federal Employees Health Benefit Plan approach. It's a federal program for federal employees, but it's private insurance. You look at all these options you have, and you pick one in the government, pays part of it and you pay part of it. So at any rate, I think the I think I do agree that these systems need to fit with kind of the social mores of the United States. And that's why I do think the system like the Netherlands has would would fit better than some of the other more government run systems. Yes. Well, the Netherlands government collected premiums, yes. man, a strong mandate. Yes. A government uh, funded through the premiums to private insurance that the individual chooses once a year. Yes, exactly. And, and they can they get a basic plan. Yes. And they can buy up for yes. a broader plan with they additional coverage should they want at yes. additional cost. Yes. See that again the social these individual choices that they have in the Netherlands that if Odin Anderson was right, I have a feeling he may have been that see that to me would probably work better yeah. better here well, but the, at any rate. No. Well, the, yeah, no, of course. You know, the United States, we're going to have substantial discussions over the next years yes. on should we redesign the United States healthcare system? Yes. Should we have a Medicare for all plan? Yes. Should we expand Medicaid yes. to be allow, for example, for it to be purchased as an option on the yes. health insurance exchange? Yes. You know, if should people want that? Yes. So we're going to look at alternatives to private health insurance. Yes. Now, but even Medicare for all is not necessarily private health insurance because a substantial portion of Medicare is now Medicare Advantage. Yes, it's not necessarily government because a yes, substantial portion is Medicare Advantage, yeah. which is a private plan. Right, private plan. Yes. You know, so Medicare, even Medicare is not yes. a government-run insurance program. It's not exactly program. like people, <laughs> yes, exactly, yeah. yes. Um, yeah. The other, I think you're right, it's going to be fascinating, and um, one of the things when for the people that do want to go to the Medicare for All or, or more of the single payer will have to deal with, there are a couple of things, but one is the realistic cost of that because Medicare pays below cost. Yeah. Medicaid pays way below cost. So 
you can't just assume that those costs are going to stay the same if, if you went to this. But the other issue, so taxes will go up, but the other issue is that the majority of people in the United States get their health insurance through an employer. And the employer picks up a big share of that bill, and you don't. And it's like income to you, but you never pay tax on it. Yes. So now, if you switch to a Medicare for all, you're going to take that away from people. They're, when they realize what you've done, they're going to be furious. Yeah. And that is why the New York Times, Paul Krugman, yeah. has, has an article, and he said, you know, philosophically, I would be for a single-payer government-run program, but I am not for going to that in the United States. Because you'll never get over the majority of the people. You're going to take something that they, a real huge benefit they have right now, you're going to take it away from them. Politically, you're, you're going to get crucified. So at any rate, I think he's probably right in it. It's going to be a tough sell. It would be a tough sell. In fact, I, I've often looked at, you know, the majority of healthcare in the United States is purchased by the employer on behalf of their employees. Yes. And no one has talked about that. I know it. Yeah. So I don't it, know. Yeah, I, it, it's not I, an easy answer. See, <laughs> I, I would, the government has all kinds of health programs. The one that I think would work best in the U.S. is the Federal Employees right. Health Benefit. Right. Because that fits more, I think, yeah. with whatever. And it's still but a private it, system. It, yes, and it's still a private system. So, you know, there isn't any one right answer, but th those are my thoughts on, on no, this issue. But we'll have that discussion Yes, we time. will. <laughs> exactly. Well, well, Bob, I want to thank you for your time. This has been good. Yes. And we should do this again. We should. And, Dave, I want to thank you for your time, but I also want to thank you for all the things you have done for Medical Group Management Association. I've known you for so many years, yep. and you've always been outstanding for people that are in medical centers to, to work with. So thank well, you very thank much. Thank you much.